The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Business Channel. For more information about our network and to check out additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericabusiness.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed in the following program are strictly those of the hosts or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. In the past few years, we've heard the term free agents and been told we would all need to become one in order to succeed. The recent economic structures have helped to promote this concept as reality. Where do we get the tools to take control of our career path in the present and future? Welcome to The Career Confidant with your host, Marie Zimanoff. Marie and her guest experts are here to provide you with the tools you need to move forward and achieve your career goals. Now, here is Marie Zimanoff. Welcome to The Career Confidant. We're happy to have you here with us today. We are always here covering career topics to help you Get ahead in your career, whether that means you're moving out, moving up, or maybe moving out on your own. And if you've been paying attention to anything career-related recently, you've noticed there's a huge uptick in conversation around social and emotional intelligence. And part of this is because as our economy shifts and jobs change, one of the constant needs of any type of employee from a janitor to a woodworker to a machinist, all, all the way up to a CEO, is the, the need to be able to interact well with others. And not just to play nice, although that's part of it, but to actually be able to form relationships that can drive influence in some way or another and achieve goals. And those skills will be in demand even as robots and take over some of our positions. And you'll see lots of chatter out there and, and back and forth around what types of jobs will robots be taking over. That we probably can't tell you for sure, although we can assume that some of the jobs that are able to be taken over by such things, by automation, will be. But the skills of working with people and dealing with people and and making sales or leading teams or talking to customers to figure out what they need, those skills will always be necessary. So as you look forward in your career and perhaps you're thinking about making a change, perhaps your company has decided they're making a change for you, you have control over your skill set. And looking at your career as continuous opportunities to improve your skill set is one of the ways to future-proof it, if you will, to always be gaining new skills, looking for opportunities to gain new skills, and really paying attention to what skills are in demand. And one of those in-demand skills right now is emotional and social intelligence. So what the heck does this mean? We talked about emotional intelligence a while ago on the show, but a little refresher for you, that emotional intelligence typically has four areas that they talk about. They talk about self-regulation, self-awareness, so you have to have self-awareness first, 
and and being able to be aware of what you're feeling, what's getting in the way of, of you communicating well, how you communicate, what's your basic communication style. And then you can do self-regulation, so adapting that style to the needs of others. Our society has started to confuse this with weakness or inauthenticity, but it's a foundational cornerstone for good communication to be able to adjust your style to the person sitting across from you. That doesn't mean that we are inauthentic because we're still us, we're still communicating our true our true personality, if you will, but we're doing it in a way that can be heard by the other person. And if we're so worried about being authentic that we're not worried about if that other person is even engaged in the conversation, it really doesn't matter how authentic we are. It's it's that conversation, the back and forth that makes conversation important. And if we don't if we don't make sure that the other person is connected in that conversation, it, it really just doesn't matter how authentic we are. So adapting our communication style, self-regulation is both that the adapting of our communication style so that we can be more effective and it's also regulating our emotions so that they aren't taking over, so that they're not running the show and that we're conscious of, of when they they do run the show, when we express them. Doesn't mean we have to be overly guarded. In fact, having good self-regulation means that you are able to share your emotions, but in a way that you want to, that you're consciously choosing to do that instead of having emotional outbursts or displaying emotions that you don't mean to, or that you quote unquote, let someone else get you angry. It's that re- that notice, that recognition that we're in charge of our emotions, we're in charge of how we react, and no one makes us feel or, or do anything. We have that choice. So those are the, the self side. Then there's the recognizing the emotions of others. So the others awareness, being able to see where other people are at emotionally, where they're coming from, what they might need from us, being able to see those things. And then, of course, the fourth part, being able to adapt and actually build that relationship by meeting them where they're at. And so those are the four puzzle pieces of of emotional intelligence that we typically talk about. They sound easy, right? They're things that we started to read in kindergarten, started to learn about in kindergarten. And then somewhere, I think in, in maybe high school or college, we forget. And we forget to um, do those things that make sense. We get worried about being cool or about being authentic or about getting that promotion. And so we act in a way that really isn't congruent with good communication skills because we think it's going to win us something. And depending on what type of job we're in, this could look different, right? For 
more technical people, stereotypically, it might be that they get so focused on the technical, on being right, on being smartest, and they think that's going to win them the promotion. When in reality, most of the time, people don't promote people that they don't like, and most people don't like someone who always thinks they're right, better, best, have all the answers. For a salesperson, that might mean that they actually start to overuse some of these tools and become manipulative. And although they are adapting their communication style, they're not doing it to really understand or connect. They're doing it to sell. And they start to wonder at at why their relationships are deteriorating and they're not making as many sales as they used to because people can see through that and it doesn't work either. So, we can uh, kind of adjust and start to lose our our edge around these skills, even though we know from the very beginnings of life that they are really what makes the world go round. Our ability to manage ourselves, to be true to ourselves, to know what we're feeling, and then to interact well with others. Interesting that there's been a lot of talk recently about empathy. And empathy is one of those key skills as a part of emotional and social intelligence. Most people don't really understand empathy. So an example, I have lots of female colleagues and and individuals that have children and had one colleague that was going to go pick up another one of their family members from the airport. Now this colleague has two small children and the colleague that they were going to pick up from the airport has four small children. But it's very considerate and compassionate and thoughtful for the person with two kids to want to go pick up the person with four kids. However, is it empathy? Empathy says that we think through what that other person might be feeling, that we really put ourselves in their shoes. So let's put ourselves in the shoes of someone with four kids, which might be hard for some of you, especially if you don't have any kids. I also have a family member that has four children, so it's a little easier for me. But life with four kids is uh, crazy, right? It's like trying to run a a business by yourself. It's... um, It's like the busiest job you've ever had if you don't have kids. Think of it that way. And so now you have someone who's also very busy, right, has two kids, and they're going to come and help you. It probably isn't going to work that well. They always say, oh, you know, give a task to the busiest person. Well, that only works to a point, right? Then you start to lose your your helpfulness at some point, and that, that person who's really busy doesn't get done what you need to get done and it all falls apart. So that's not really empathy when you want to help and you want to be considerate, but you really haven't thought through how that's going to work for the other person. Empathy is really all about the other person, which is why it's difficult for most of us to do. We're not used to putting ourselves in other people's shoes, really, and really thinking about how they would feel and and really separating that from how we feel or how we want them to feel or how we think they should feel. We don't get to decide any of that when we're really looking at empathy. 
empathy is, is really about how do they feel and how can I best anticipate how they will feel, not how I think they will or should feel. So I want you to think about how you do that on a daily basis. And even at work, we think about these emotional pieces being something you do at home or with friends or family. But in order to be effective, in order to really be a great leader, especially, we have to do these things at work. So when was the last time you were empathetic at work? A time when you had a coworker who was going through something work or personal, and you really considered how they feel, were able to put yourselves in their shoes and adjust how you interacted with them because of that. Because empathy, knowing how they feel or putting yourselves in their shoes is great, but then it's that adjustment of how you interact with them so that you're you're really being empathetic, you're act, acting out that empathy, or of course, best off asking them, but asking them in a way that is mindful of what they're going through and and how you can react to that. The simple saying that people always say, you know, you never know what the person that you meet is going through, so be kind to everyone. And that is a great place to start Empathy takes that to the next step of really thinking about how they feel, what's going on for them, putting yourselves in their shoes, and then doing our best to meet them where they're at in whatever interaction we have. And of course, we can see how that's going to be effective for a leader. You can also start to say, oh, yeah, but what happens if I'm always giving this person an extra mile, an extra an extra inch and why don't we cross that bridge well we when we get there instead of worrying about that and therefore not approaching situations with the emotional intelligence that we could so we're going to take a short break and come back and we're going to talk about some of the other key skills in emotional intelligence and what that might look like at work we'll also talk a little bit more about empathy and what that looks like at work we'll be right back in just a few minutes Voice America Business Network, the bottom line in business. You know that the career landscape has changed and that you need to be proactive about managing your career. You can have the foresight, skills, and confidence you need to take charge of your career and seize opportunities. A strategic advantage and career expert, Marie Zimanoff has helped thousands of leaders like you get focused, get found, and get hired. Visit GetCareerSmart.com to find out more. That's GetCareerSmart.com or call 800-521-2080 to schedule your complimentary consultation. Effective leadership is what will propel the world, organizations, and businesses through a range of dynamic changes. How do you keep up with these changes, build skills, and lead effectively? Listen for Innovative Leaders Driving Thriving Organizations with Maureen Metcalf. Maureen offers tools and engaging guests who are leaders in their field. With each week, you'll work on and improve your skills to lead with confidence and drive your organization's success. Tune in every Tuesday at 2 p.m. Eastern Time, 11 a.m. Pacific on Voice America Business. 
realize that the root of your challenges lie within you? It's time to find out more about coaching and how it can help both you and your business. Coaching for Real with Ronald Graves will help you gain a deeper level of self-awareness to find the answers inside yourself. Our guests are business professionals just like you who agree to a coaching session on our radio program. Tune into Coaching for Real live every Thursday at 7 p.m. Eastern Time, 4 p.m. Pacific Time on Voice America Business. From the boardroom to you, Voice America Business Network. You are tuned in to The Career Confidant with Marie Zimanoff. If you have a question or comment for Marie or her guest today, please call 1-866-472-5790. That's 1-866-472-5790. You may also send an email to marie at a strategicadvantage.com. Now, back to The Career Confidant. Welcome back to The Career Confidant. Today we're talking about a critical skill in leadership and in your career moving forward, especially as technology advances and and the jobs that are in demand become more interrelational, interpersonal, and and really every job starts to require more that you can work well with people. So when we think about emotional intelligence, and we talked about the kind of self-regulation side and then the interaction with others side, it's that side of the square, if you will, those two pieces of being able to recognize what others are feeling and then being able to act differently. That side is that social intelligence piece. And, you know, the work by Daniel Goleman was really foundational, especially on the the social side of it. Um, One of the books that I have on my bookshelf Social Intelligence, written by Daniel Goldman, goes through that piece of it pretty explicitly. And just thinking about, as we were talking through empathy, that some of that is is innate, or, or he calls it primal, where we really do have a inborn ability to sense what others are feeling, to to sense those nonverbal emotional signals. You can see it with infants. They respond to other people, whether they're smiling or they can try to do things to get you to smile. They recognize when you're sad. Some infants will even cry when other infants cry. And there are varying levels, of course. We all have different innate personalities and tendencies and talents, but we all have some level of ability to innately recognize what others are feeling. Most of the time when we don't, it's because we're moving too fast. And very interestingly, a study on the campus of Denver University, DU, they did a study where they gave students a certain time frame to get across campus. So they were part of a study. They met in one part of campus and their direction was to get to the other side of campus by a certain time. Some groups had 15 minutes to get across campus. Some groups had 30 and all of them on their way from one room to the next 
encountered someone who was having a crisis, whether that was they dropped all of their books on the ground and their papers were flying about or whatever it was, some kind of crisis. And the people who were in a hurry, of course, didn't stop. The people who had more time, significantly more, statistically significantly more, stopped to help that person that was in crisis. So it isn't that perhaps we don't know it, we don't recognize it, we don't know it's important, but we're we're busy, we've trained ourselves that leaders don't worry about those things, we've trained ourselves that managers don't talk to employees about those things, whatever social construct it is that has told us we shouldn't worry about being empathetic or recognizing someone's emotional cues, that's what's getting in our way, not our inability to do it. So start giving yourself more permission to do that, and you'll probably see a huge change in your interactions with folks just from there. The second piece of this social awareness that Daniel talks about is attunement. It's a big word for listening. Do you listen? Do you really listen to what someone is saying? And do you listen not just to the words that they're saying, but to the emotion that they're bringing with it? So someone can, and in relationships, we do this all the time, right? We can say, I'm fine, but are you listening to the tone? And if you hear the tone says, I'm not fine, what do you do with that? But are you are you listening to not just the words that are being said, but to, to the emotion that's coming with them. And then interestingly, the third concept here, empathetic accuracy. So how accurate are you at, at it predicting what someone is feeling, at guessing what someone is feeling? And research very interestingly here shows that if we are good at this, we have a successful relationship. And most of the data comes from marriage, but aren't our employee-employer relationships just as delicate, just as as integral with each other? They may not be as quote-unquote intimate, but you're with those people at work almost as much as you're with your significant other sometimes. So those relationships are going to matter just as much as your as your as your relationships outside of work and so the better you are at being able to anticipate what that person's thinking being able to guess what that individual is feeling the better off you'll be well how do you do that well when you start doing the first two things right you start tuning into your natural ability to see what others are feeling. Then you start listening to what they're saying and what they're feeling. And then you start checking back or reflecting back or asking great questions in an open and and, um, curious, always coming from a a curious and caring place to, to find out seems like this is really frustrating you or is this frustrating you you have to have the right tone to ask that kind of question you have to again be curious and caring but to really start to to understand 
what people are feeling. And you don't have to go really deep and use touchy-feely language. You know, frustration is a maybe kind of more surface emotion, but that's a great place to start. Or, or you can simply ask someone, tell me more about that. What's going on here? How can... How can I how can I help you? And if you can listen instead of giving advice, you will a lot of times start to clue in deeper to those emotions and what's going on with the individuals in your organization, on your team, and even your customers. We think of a, a customer salesperson relationship or, or customer vendor relationship as such a surface relationship. And if we can start getting a little deeper than that and and using some of these skills, boy, it can really transform your ability to do business and even to overcome bumps. So I think that we often underestimate the power of relationship. If your company's product is late or their shipping is wrong or something goes wrong, what prevents you from losing that customer could even either cost you a lot of money, give them freebies and throw stuff at them to make them stay. Or if you have a relationship, you simply have to say, I'm sorry, this is what's going on. This is when we can get it to you. And if you really have a relationship, that may be all you need. So these quote unquote soft skills can have a really hard bottom line value when we understand the dynamics that they bring into a situation and what they can really mean for us as a salesperson, as a vendor, as an, as an employer, this is why we lose employees, not because of salary, not because of other things. Sometimes those things may come into play. Someone doesn't have advancement opportunities, etc. But a lot of times it's this, it's, lack of relationship, which then means that our employees not talking to us when they're unhappy, and then we don't have the opportunity to do something, even if it's small, to help them feel better about where we where they are. When we have these relationships, a lot of things change. So the last piece of this social awareness category is called social cognition. And I think this is probably the hardest one for a lot of people is knowing what's expected at any social situation. I think this is challenging because what's expected in social situations changes as we as we evolve as a as a people as a society. Um, and it's your ability to do the other things that we were just talking about in terms of empathy and listening and paying attention will help you get better at this. It's not going to be a quick thing. It's going to take a while, especially if this is an area that you struggle, but it's not an excuse. So lack of social understanding, perhaps because of where we grew up, perhaps because of um, lack of opportunity to, to have these types of interactions those aren't going to prevent this from being important. And so do what we can do now to grab onto these concepts and 
mostly slow down, listen, pay attention, and really care about that other person and what's going on with them and watch the transformation that happens in them, in our relationship, and in our ability to do this easier, where it becomes more of a an easy, almost a an automatic response. That's what we're looking for. And of course, we have to practice, practice, practice for that to happen. So that's the, the area of awareness. When we come back, we're going to talk about some of the actions that we can take to be more effective and to have better social intelligence. We'll be right back in just a few minutes. The business community's first choice in Internet Talk Radio, Voice America Business Network. You know that the career landscape has changed and that you need to be proactive about managing your career. You can have the foresight, skills, and confidence you need to take charge of your career and seize opportunities. A strategic advantage and career expert, Marie Zimanoff has helped thousands of leaders like you get focused, get found, and get hired. Visit GetCareerSmart.com to find out more. That's GetCareerSmart.com or call 800-521-2080 to schedule your complimentary consultation. We hear it and read about it every day in the news. America is heading over a fiscal cliff. Home prices are still receding and unemployment growing. How can you preserve and increase your wealth in this kind of economy? Tune in to Turning Hard Times into Good Times with host Jay Taylor. Jay will explain the decline of our monetary system and the economy and will give you winning investment ideas and the tools to protect and increase your wealth. Turning Hard Times into Good Times with Jay Taylor can be heard Tuesdays at 3 p.m. Eastern Time, 12 noon Pacific Time on the Voice America Business Channel. Tune in to the soul of enterprise, business in the knowledge economy with co-hosts Ron Baker and Ed Kless. Ron and Ed will show you how to recognize that wealth is created by intellectual capital. It's all in the possibilities that we can create and that are created for us. These possibilities are destined to be discovered by human imagination and through the service of others, creating a brighter future for all of us. The Soul of Enterprise is heard live every Friday at 1 p.m. Pacific Time, 4 p.m. Eastern on the Voice America Business Channel and simulcast at the same time on the Voice America Variety Channel. Voice America Business Network, the bottom line in business. You are tuned in to The Career Confidant with Marie Zimanoff. If you have a question or comment for Marie or her guest today, please call 1-866-472-5790. That's 1-866-472-5790. You may also send an email to marie at a strategicadvantage.com. Now, back to The Career Confidant. Welcome back to The Career Confidant. Today we're talking about social and emotional intelligence and focusing a little bit more on this the social side. How do you recognize what others are, are feeling and adjust appropriately? So we've talked about 
the awareness piece, listening, paying attention to feelings and starting to anticipate others others' feelings and work on our accuracy in that and, and a lot of that being us slowing down and really paying attention. So then what do we do with that? One of the ideas that I learned about a few years ago that I just love is the idea that charisma is something that anyone can have. It's not this inborn talent. And if you don't have it, you just don't have it. That charisma is really our ability to be present with the other, to, to really be caring about what the other person's saying or thinking, to make that other person feel like they are the only person in the room. In other words, charisma is about the other person, not something special about us. The reason that most people fail to have charisma is because they're too worried about themselves, not because they're self-centered or narcissists, but because they're thinking about what is that person thinking about me? Am I standing right? Am I saying the right things? Do I look okay? Our, our lack of confidence gets in the way or we're confident and we're worried about getting what we need out of the conversation. We're in a hurry, you know, get to the point already or I need to tell them this so that I can move on and get to a new conversation or I need to tell them this so that we can get a project finished. Whatever it is that gets in the way of really paying attention to the other person and and having charisma. So when we think about charisma, a lot of times we think about that's something that people have or they don't have, but it's a skill that you can learn and practice and do. And I like that idea. It's kind of like leadership, right? Some people might be better at leadership than others, but it's a skill and all of us can learn it and, and we can learn to do it in a way that works for us and still be successful at it. So this charisma, it's about being present with the other. It's also about confidence, which again, can let us be more present with the other. It's, a, it's about how we stand, how we present ourselves, but not that we're standing in a particular way, but that we're confident in how we're standing. This may be a chick flick reference here, but, you know, if you watch Pretty Woman or you go look up the, the flick, the little snapshot where she's put on this beautiful cocktail dress and she's meeting Richard Gere in the hotel lobby and she's fidgeting. She's messing with her hair. She's pulling at her dress and she doesn't look confident. She doesn't look beautiful. And he tells her, you know, that she looks, she looks beautiful when she stops fidgeting and, and very tall. And so it's that idea that no matter how, who you are and even the, the gorgeous Julia Roberts doesn't look confident when their actions, their physical ticks are getting in the way of that presence, of that calm, confident presence. So when you go into a networking event or a sales meeting, that's our 
our challenge to ourselves is to be present mentally, to be present in the moment, not worried about what we're saying or we're going to say or who's looking at us, and to be present physically, to not have those little ticks where we're pulling at our hair or flicking our pin or, or doing whatever it is that we're doing that's putting forth that visual impression of lack of confidence and really of not being present in the room and paying attention to those around us because we're paying attention to ourselves. That's what those little ticks are saying. I'm fixing my hair or pulling at my tie or messing with my cufflinks because I'm not focused on you. I'm focused on me. Those things come together to really be that self-presentation piece of charisma, things that we can learn, things that we can do, actions we can take to be more effective in a social situation. Those things come together to really look at our ability to influence. So if someone's not confident, if we see these little ticks that they're worried about themselves, that they're they're worried about their very basic presence in the room, mentally and physically, it's going to ha- be hard to take them seriously. They, they don't look professional. They don't come across as professional. And so we lose our, we maybe even subconsciously lose our, our ability to be influenced by them. We lose our our belief in their professionalism and if in their abilities to do their job because of these little ticks. And once you learn to master them, people react to you in a, in a much different way. There's also a verbal tick, right? Um, sometimes mine is and, sometimes it's right, sometimes it's so, it's not always um. Um is perhaps the most noticeable of them that people do. But you've got to figure out what yours is and and learn to control it. You can get away with a few in a conversation or a presentation. When it's constant, people tune out. So how are you coming across and how can you work and gradually get yourself more present in a room so that you can be more effective. And it's amazing that transition that happens, that when you are doing some of these small things differently, you're going to have more influence. You're going to be able to run a meeting more smoothly. You're going to be able to have people take a risk on you, have people take a chance on you, have people follow you or give you their ideas easier because they have more confidence in you. And you don't have to learn anything more. You don't have to be any smarter to make this happen. It's simply controlling your self-presentation so that you can have more influence. And it's surface, which may sound superficial. I like it to look at it the other way that since it's surface and these are easy things to do, why not do these easy things? 
that really do make a big difference, even if we wonder why they do. There are some other social pieces that go into self-presentation and influence in terms of our excitement, our, our emotion that we're able to display. This is challenging for introverts especially to be able to non-verbally show excitement. Um, and so if that's you and you've had people tell you, you know, I have a hard time telling when you're excited or this seems like something you should be excited about what's going on. You learn to verbally show that excitement more and to say, oh, I'm so excited about that. It may seem corny or sound funny at first, but once you start to do that, you'll notice that you're more able to also show that excitement non-verbally. Um, and people will start to say, oh, okay, she's she's excited about this. That's That's just how she is. But if we don't practice doing some of those things, again, especially as a as an introvert, we lose some of that. However, of course, we always have um, strengths and weaknesses, and introverts are or, or can be better at showing that concern and caring, especially in those one-on-one situations. So use that to your advantage. That is just as important, really connecting with people one-on-one, showing that concern, showing that care, listening. Those are going to be your strengths whereas the extrovert's going to have to try harder to do some of those things and be better at the expressivity and showing their excitement and some of those things. All of those pieces put together help with our our influence and our ability to really show the social cues that are expected in the situation. So now we've been listening, we've been paying attention, we're trying to anticipate or or accurately determine how others are feeling, and then we can start matching, adjusting our communication style, whether that's showing more excitement and being more boisterous because the other person is, or toning it down a little bit because the other person is not. Whatever that looks like, we can start to match those cues and have more influence. Get rid of some of those verbal and physical tics and you have even more influence and more presence. The idea of executive presence is very hot right now and you don't have to be an executive to have great presence or for it to be important for your career. So we're going to take another short break here and come back and finish up our conversation around emotional intelligence. We'll be right back in just a few minutes. The business community's first choice in Internet talk radio, Voice America Business Network. You know that the career landscape has changed and that you need to be proactive about managing your career. You can have the foresight, skills, and confidence you need to take charge of your career and seize opportunities. A strategic advantage and career expert, Marie Zimanoff has helped thousands of leaders like you get focused, get found, and get hired. 
Visit GetCareerSmart.com to find out more. That's GetCareerSmart.com or call 800-521-2080 to schedule your complimentary consultation. Each week, Larry Sternberg joins Dr. Kim Turnage to explore management issues from culture to discipline in Managing to Make a Difference. Join Talent Plus for 60 minutes of dynamic conversation, including real-life management examples helping you manage teams across the globe. This series airs on Voice America, the business channel, Thursdays at 5 p.m. Eastern, 2 p.m. Pacific. Managing to Make a Difference every Thursday afternoon with Larry Sternberg and Dr. Kim Turnage. Today, our world is faced with complex challenges that present massive potential risks. Conflict, misunderstanding, misalignment of organizations and their leadership, lost productivity, wasted time, and wasted resources resulting from limiting perspectives, distraction, and hardline positions are damaging our today and our future. The monetary cost of such failures is in the billions. Stop wasting time. Make a shift. Engage with host David B. Savage on Breakthrough to Yes with Collaboration. Thursdays at 3 p.m. Pacific, 6 p.m. Eastern on the Voice America Business Channel. When it comes to business, you'll find the experts here. Voice America Business Network. You are tuned in to The Career Confidant with Marie Zimanoff. If you have a question or comment for Marie or her guest today, please call 1-866-472-5790. That's 1-866-472-5790. You may also send an email to marie at a strategicadvantage.com. Now, back to The Career Confidant. Welcome back to The Career Confidant, and today we're talking about social and emotional intelligence. So we talked about that these are growing in importance, perhaps somewhat because of uh, the rise of, of automation and technology. People are worried about their jobs leaving, and we know that automated systems, robots, technology, even, you know, even the AI, that artificial intelligence that you and I will see in our lifetimes, won't be able to do this, right? It won't be able to really have empathy and and listen to what people want and make them feel special. And that those skills are are important in the business world across any type of job that you do. And the other reason I think that these are growing in importance is because people have stopped paying attention to people. And you can blame a smartphone, you can blame whatever you want to blame. I I don't know that it was much different before. There were just other things that people were paying attention to, or maybe they were less distracting. And now it's become more heightened. It's become more of a crisis with the mental health issues in, in our world and the things we see every day, it's more important that we are kind to each other, that we're nice to each other, that we show we care about each other. And people are less tolerant of of people that don't, which is ironic because all of us are are guilty. But people don't want to stay at a company where they have a bad boss. People don't want to stay in a relationship where they feel unappreciated. And 
All of those things take two people, of course. And it means for those of us who are leaders or, or who are trying to make sales or do anything that requires a relationship, these skills have become more important and they've in some way become easier because a little effort is going to stand out quite a bit. So when you're thinking about what little things you could do to be more successful at work, these are probably it. Putting your phone down in a meeting, maybe not even taking your phone to the meeting unless you need it, give you the opportunity to really connect with people in a room, to have a conversation. And if you are working virtually, to make those concerted efforts to build relationship, to have relationship, to nurture relationship, because people don't do that enough. And when you do, it's really going to stand out. And, you know, I think that it's easy, especially within a a large organization or even a medium-sized organization, to think that HR is the place where people go when they need empathy. But the truth is that if that's your standing, you're going to have high turnover. You're going to have a difficult time keeping good employees because social intelligent leaders or emotionally intelligent leaders are the ones you'd rather work with. So let's consider this, boss A. Boss A is a great listener, an encourager of his team, communicates with her people well, is courageous, says the things that need to be said, has a sense of humor, or not all of us are blessed with a sense of humor, but maybe they try. They show empathy. They show that they care about how people feel. They, they take the time to really listen to what's being said and what's being felt. They're decisive. They take responsibility when things go wrong. They're humble, meaning that they aren't about themselves. They really care about the other person and what's going on in their life and give that person the attention that they need. And they share authority. So they trust to other people and and they are able to, to give of, of things as well as time. So that's boss A. Now, boss B... You know, you can tell that they're there, but they're really not listening. They are looking for what might be wrong. They doubt they doubt a situation at, at most times. They're secretive, so they don't want to tell you or their team what's going on. They don't want to give away too much. They're intimidating, and perhaps out without even knowing it, they're trying to hold their place in line. They're unpredictable, so you're never sure if they're going to have a bad temper or be in a good mood or have a sense of humor or fly off the handle. They are really worried about how they feel. 
And so they don't interact with the feelings of others because they don't want to be seen as touchy-feely or they really think that a boss should not be your friend and they take that to the nth degree. They're indecisive. They often blame others when things go wrong. And you get that sense of that they know best in all situations. And therefore, they don't trust others and give away the responsibility. Now, you may say, well, those are two polar opposites. Of course, I'd want to be boss A. And of course, I'm, I am boss A. But those are all little elements that probably we have some of each side. And as we continue to work on our, our social and emotional intelligence, we, we can be and, and appear and, and have the presence more and more of boss A, who comes with that social awareness, the emotional awareness, both of themselves and of others, and is able to make those adjustments. And nobody, nobody is naturally boss A. Because if someone is even the most giving heart, usually they end up doing something on the other side, perhaps because they are not paying attention to the motivations and and emotions of others. Sometimes those who are giving of heart can be just as self-centered. It just doesn't appear like it because they're always wanting to, to give and not really connect. And relationships are a two-way street. So it does have to be a two-way street where you care about the other and you engage with them and share about yourself as well. It's that two-way street that forms a relationship. So don't go too far in that direction and always be worried about the other, always be concerned about the other without really engaging in the relationship. These are challenging skills that sound so easy, right? We learned this in kindergarten. We've been doing it our whole lives. And yet most of us don't do it as well as we could, as often as we could, or perhaps with that one person who pushes our buttons. And our whole team sees how we interact with that one person that pushes our buttons. So if that's where you feel like you're at, start there. Work with that one person. Work on your social and emotional intelligence in your interaction with that one person because your whole team will see that effort and hopefully some change and and be inspired to interact with you differently as well and, and it'll change all of your relationships. Now, if you're starting your own business or you're working a blue-collar job, you may think, well, what am I going to do with all of this stuff? It's just as important for you. It may be interacting differently. It may be not with a team that you're leading, but these skills and your ability to to improve your social interactions really will be part of what continues to make you successful and employable and hopefully advance throughout your career. So we'll be right back here again next week with another great episode of The Career Confidant. And you can always reach me at Marie, M-A-R-I-E, 
at astrategicadvantage.com. We look forward to seeing you right back here next week on The Career Confidant. Thank you for listening to The Career Confidant. Marie Zimanoff will return again with another terrific guest next Monday at 6 p.m. Eastern Time, 3 p.m. Pacific on the Voice America Business Channel. Be sure to join us then. 